that was the first concert I went to ever was uh, at Rosemont Horizon. At the Horizon, punk. wow. They played with... Um, they played with like a weird, like Three Dog Night or something like that. It was weird. It can't be Three Dog Night. I know, because they're from like the 60s. <laughs> it was weird. It was a weird band I had never heard of, but it was the first time I ever smelled marijuana. Okay. And I thought it was disgusting. Yeah. It was like smelled terrible. And, you know, concert marijuana. Is sure. Like, especially from the mid 90s. <laughs> Just, uh, I feel pretty warm. We should start warming up. Definitely warmed up from outside. It's cold outside. It's, cold. it's warm in here. Sophie's looking out the door. I think she smells your boots and oh, your yeah, calves. She does. Gearbuds podcast episode 191. Nice. Love a palindrome. Me too. My name's Henry. His name's Dave. Hey. And we're doing our show. I'm testing negative from COVID, which is a wonderful update to be able to provide to you all. And yeah. we're back in person. We're looking so at each, in each other in the eyes. You know, I've got to say, I think I think we did a good job with the remote thing. We, we you know, obviously we we like it's, figured it's, it out. It's nice to have that option. It's nice to have that option, but it's just so much better when I get oh, to see yeah. you in person. Well, Conversation is just easier. It know? flows. Yeah. It's I can read your body language. I know when to stop and when to start. And yeah. also, honestly, the editing is not as easy to do when we're not in the same room. Sure, uh, it's just even though that there's less bleed. So it makes me just like removing parts uh, uh, entirely a little bit mm-hmm. easier. Just the actual editing process, not as good. Yeah. So I'm happy to be looking cool. at you. Well, and, it's uh, good to see you, man. It's good to see you too. And uh, it's good to be talking to all y'all. Let's dive on in to the Symphony of Corrections. And here's your weekly reminder. Cables are tone tubes. Uh, thank you for listening to this and sticking with us through thick and thin and cold and warmth and sickness and health through gear do us parts <laughs> and follow us on the stuff subscribe on the stuff email us at the stuff gearbudspodcast at gmail.com most people don't email usually people dm us uh, so if you want to just dm us on ig that's yeah. always good too we'll in fact uh, if you reach out we'll shout you out just like our good buddy handsome johnny did with the pretty sweet f- <laughs> we, we don't we don't have a rare find of the week this week but we do have a rare foot of the week that yeah, he sent us thank you uh, with johnny. the weird uh, tattoo foot that he sent good looking toes there buddy i don't th- i do not believe that those were his feet okay i i I'm, I'm sorry johnny if they were but i hope that they weren't I, I thought maybe he was just giving us a little a little foot selfie i thought he was but also i just can't i don't know that that's a pretty aggressive foot tattoo that i would not have imagined him having maybe it is i don't think so it didn't look like his gear but it could have been so uh if you've got feet pics send them I sure guess, you know we'll take feet pics all day uh, bring that fire right into our inbox let's get into the symphony a little bit i uh, got a bunch of stuff to cover today so let's just do it let's see where do we start first of all let's start off with a piece of gear that i came across this week and i sent it to you and uh, our good friend stingray mm-hmm. and this is something and, and you know what and actually after i found it i've seen it sort of making its way around the web as well so i'm guessing that i was not alone in this and that um uh, it is called the accent AXXENT MS100 Master Station. And uh, it is a single channel intercom master station, 19 inch rack unit. You might be thinking to yourself, why the shit is Hank talking about some weird piece of old rack gear? Because it turns out that this this has been around since like the early 2000s. I okay. And the reason I'm telling you about it, well, let me just go, I'm just going to run down the spec list and tell yeah. me if anything jumps out at you. Great. It's got sound and light alerts, it's got a signal lamp. It's got a BNC rack light connector in case it's dark uh, in your rack. It's got an XLR output. It's got a four pin XLR headphone jack, 12 volt cigarette lighter, and a cigarette compartment. <laughs> Any Anything jump out of Jesus? This piece of gear. We gave you, put a cigarette lighter in there for you. Yeah, so the, the cigarette lighter itself, 
I guess makes a little bit more sense. Is it like the old car me. ones? Where it's you like push the old car ones. Yeah. But like, you know, you can technically p- plug in like a little powered device. Like, you know how maybe you'd get like a little, I don't know, like a, 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 a cassette deck adapter that yeah. you plug in and then you could like oh, yeah. listen to I've cassettes got one in, my in the car, car or whatever. Like USB ports and shit. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I guess maybe, you know, you could use it for that. But it also literally has a labeled cigarette compartment built into the rack. So it fits like a pack of smokes in there? Or I think so, yeah. Huh. They had Lucy's in the picture. That's funny. You know? yeah. But uh, I, I just, it blew my fucking mind. This is still for sale as new, by the way. You can buy this on Tolman right now. Really? Yes. So they keep producing these, they, what you're saying. Or they just have had enough inventory yeah. since the early aughts that they just haven't sold through yet. Jeez, that's a long time. Uh, it's available for sale, $533. I believe that is because it's translated from whatever it's f- for sale for in Euro. Sure. You know, or whatever they're, they're selling it for over there. Uh, but if you need a 12-volt cigarette lighter adapter and a cigarette compartment in your rack, I guess uh, Accent has you, you covered. It. All right. Uh, so Smoke Company got them. Uh, here we go. This past week, there was that uh, Metallica Helping Hands concert. Mm. Which they do, I think, every year, right? And it's a charity sort of deal, and it goes to a specific charity. I honestly, I didn't really write that part down. What I did write down was that Kirk Hammett played a bunch of guitars in that, mm-hmm. and he played some signature guitars. And I have a question for you because I noticed something. Kirk played his signature. I, well, he played Greeny, right? He's yeah, got the Gibson Les Paul, which we all know that Greeny, the signature, has come out in the wild. CME did a really cool video where they actually have two of them in stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there, there is a signature, which I still think is fucking hilarious, the signature Kirk Hammett, Peter Green, Les yeah. Paul, three, right. three, three, three and one. Uh, but also, he played a new signature ESP LTD 12-string acoustic electric. Deal. Oh, cool. And then he also played some custom shop Fender Acoustasonic guitars, which he's played before. They do a, a custom shop Acoustasonic? For Kirk Hammett, they do. Oh, I guess they would. Now, here's my question for you, Dave. Can you think of any other artist who has current signature models from two competing brands? No. And, 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 and I don't mean acoustic and electric or like a bass or like no, or I, something. Well, two different electric guitar makers making one man or woman Signature instruments. Does Joe Bonamassa? <coughs> he's only got Epiphone, dog. Is he only? I thought he had a Fender Telecaster. I mean, I know he's known for the black art stuff. I am not familiar. If maybe they made him some sort of custom shop deal, but I have yeah, never I think it's a custom seen shop thing. like a signature band. No, master. but that's that's really wild. I mean, isn't that insane? You feel like there would be some kind of contract if he Gibson and ESPLTD. Those are those are not like you know. It's not like one of those situations where like Fender owns Jackson and you, right, know, you right. can have multiple things. It's, it is. They are no. They are not sister companies right. in any in any shape. But you can buy the signature. Kirk Hammett, Peter Green, Les Paul, and you can buy the signature. I mean, he has a bunch of signature ESP LTD mm-hmm. stuff, you know. How, how did he pull that off? Is it just because he's, he's Kirk just, Hammett? He's Kirk Hammett, dude. And they, these are both existing in the in the idea that you can buy them now from right the now. manufacturers. Right now. So yes. It's not like one ended and one started. Yeah, a lot of people have moved around over yeah. the years. I mean, we yeah, could run down that, that list all day. Sure. Dimebag Daryl is a good example. He mm-hmm. jumped back and forth 50 times, Dean Washburn, et cetera. Yeah. But yeah, I can't Kirk, think of anybody. He's always kind of done the Gibson thing. Like he started on flying V's and stuff, but he also was playing those like super strat shreddy ESP guitars right. early on. And then it wasn't until later that he actually has come back to this Gibson thing. And now he's like, I think he's a brand ambassador or whatever the title is for them. How? Do, the question is, would he have? Would he have this kind of sway if he did not own 
the Peter Green Les Paul. Would he oh. be able to pull this off if he was not the the, the standard bearer of, of Greeny? That's a good question. I mean, yeah, because he's still Kirk Hammett. I mean, he's still like probably arguably one of the most famous guitar players right. in the world. Mm-hmm. So I could see somebody else, you know, working with that. I'm re- dude, know. I'm really trying to, I'm trying to, I hadn't, I, I thought about it at the time and I am, I'm trying to think about it again. I cannot come with, come up with another guitar player. Let me look up that Joe Bonamassa thing. Cause I swear I just saw something recently about how he's having like a Telecaster. Cause I always associate him with bursts and you know, yeah. Paul's obviously. And they, I saw this Telecaster thing and I was like, and I think it's a custom shop though. So I don't know if that counts, but, uh, or like, you know, maybe Clapton would have had like Clapton's the, the a good full one. SG, but I don't know if that was ever specifically like a Clapton signature. Like I know that they've done like a custom run. Of, Did they sell those ever? I th- I've seen people that have I've made their seen own. Them. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know if they ever released like a you know a line of them or like even George Harrison. I mean, of course, this all happened after he died. But there has been like the Lucy. There has been the they did the um that what's the name of the the Strat? Is it uh oh with all the cut the Rocky crazy paint. The Rocky? Rocky Rocky Strat? Like that stuff's happened, but that's all posthumous. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I guess that would be a signature. I'm because I'm thinking of like the Rosewood Telly's not technically a signature, not, even right. though you associate him by playing it. But you know who also owned those. Uh, Elvis and uh, freaking Jimi Hendrix. That's right. Oh no, Hendrix had a, 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 a Rosewood Strat. Because there's one, there was one for sale. That recently. was a rare yes. find of the week recently. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you, you know, this also kind of got me thinking about Signature Sparkle because we were talking about that a little bit. You got on the Sparkle train the other day. I, I dude, I went down that Sparkle train. <laughs> you were talking craziness, dude. <laughs> I was talking about trying to find a Sparkle body to swap onto my pants. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking? But then about? you, but then you reminded me of a, of a very specific Signature Sparkle. Oh yes, the Adam Clayton, the Adam Clayton U two, uh, and I think he has a P and a J. I think they, okay. they do both signatures for both of those guitars, um, and it's a purple. It's quite a. It's a mighty purple. Sparkle. I have to say, Not, in theory, I love it. Yeah. In practice, it might be my least favorite signature instrument I've ever seen. I I am not a fan, dude. Well, it has the. Uh, it had the weird inlays with no binding. It has it has abalone inlays. Yeah, which is a tough look to pull off any way you slice especially it. Especially on a purple guitar. Especially on a maple board. Maple board unbound. Purple. That just doesn't even purple make sense, sparkle. Right? And I, you know, dog, I am I'm falling hard for for some sparkles right now. That sparkle just didn't look very because it's not vibrant enough. It's more of like a pale, pale, a pale, it's pale and it's that's hard. To it's say. a pale purple, purple people people. It's. The the I the, and I said this to you the 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 size of the sparkle was my issue. It was just mm. like these tiny little baby sparkles too, instead of like a nice thick chunky subtle. sparkle. You like that seventies like um yeah almost like that Ludwig style sparkle like the uh, exactly you know on like their drum kit. Give me that give me that cocaine white cocaine white dude. Shout out to Zach. Um, yeah man, actually I saw a funny ad the other day that was a Ludwig. It was on Craigslist. I don't, you might have seen it. It was a it wasn't silver sparkle, but it was a silver. I forget what they called it, but it, they didn't use the word sparkle. Mm-hmm. They said something else. I don't think I saw it. Um, but then I clicked on it. I was like, oh, I've never heard of this color. This is cool. I'm always down to like look at a new color. Of new course. Finish. And I click out, and they were the worst photos I've ever yeah. seen. And I'm like, you can't even see the finish in these photos. It made me quite upset. Dude, I don't know why. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, speaking of, of, of bases, um, there was also a little Pawn Stars action that happened yeah. this week that you hit me to. Yeah. 
that so you sent me the link i don't so i guess i haven't watched pawn stars in years i used to love that show i used to love it when it first came out i haven't seen it in a long time i guess they have this like road show thing so that's their new like the new yeah so that's like a new episode basically okay so i was at uh paul's in michigan uh former guest yes and first um, guest yeah first guest ever but you know he's still you know he's still playing guitar and doing his things but he sent me this video and then we watched it again when i went and saw Uh him he sent it on his shitty samsung and it was all like choppy i'm like dude just i'll watch it when i get there um, so anyways, we watched the episode and essentially what they found was like this kid brought in like a 1960 Fiesta Red P bass and he didn't know what it was and he's like, I don't know what this yeah. is and it's all beat up and he's like, they're like, well, how much do you want for it? And he's like a thousand dollars and I'm just like, what? he opens up the case and I'm like, dude, that is that. I mean, that's, that's not a thousand dollar bass. Like what do no. you, what, come on. I know you, you think, well, so here's the long story short, <laughs> they end up buying it for like $2,000 off of him after they put a thousand into it apparently. Right. Um, Wait, that did not look like a thousand. They didn't do anything. Through. They cleaned no. it up. I mean, yeah. they didn't strip the finish, but it's it's it was a refin anyways. It's not the original finish because that that gunmetal black that was kind of underneath the the pink like that. Yeah. They never used that as a primer, right. so that was obviously a refin. But um, and Fiesta Red did exist in uh, in '60, which I did find just that a custom out. color. It was a custom color, and it wouldn't have come with a white pickguard until '62. It actually would have had a torque pickguard on it. Oh, which so that, that was, was an original torque yeah. pickguard on there. So, but it was most likely sunburst that was refinished. Anyways, wait, long real story quick, sh- did you know speaking of the pickguard? Did yeah. you notice that there was a underneath? It wasn't like shielded like we would shield it with it's tape. Shield. It had like a plate. Yeah, it's a, a shield, shield plate. A plate shield. Yeah, they they have those. They used them for grounding, I think, yeah. or something. That's why I I never actually noticed yeah. that before. And mine kind of strange. Mine to see. has that. It, you can see it peeking out a little bit where the because the pink card shrinks. Yeah, right. you know. So then the metal is left underneath, and it's like people sell those. They try to get like two hundred bucks for them. I stuff. bet. But anyways, it's just a piece of foil yeah. essentially. So they they whatever they you know offer him this money. Well, this guy posted in one of my base forums. He's like, hey, actually, I, I saw this base for sale for seven thousand dollars in Orlando. So it never belonged to this kid that sold it to the show for two. Right. Obviously, we know the show's. Fake. We know the show's. Everybody fake. knows the show's yeah. fake. It was cool seeing some gear on there though. I was like, oh, neat. You it know? was cool. I just, yeah, the way that, I mean, it was clearly just very bad acting. Did you watch the episode? Or I, the, just, the I just watched the whole clip. Yeah, it was like yeah. a five-minute clip. Um, yeah, because they took it from two parts of the episode and put it together. Okay, sure. Thing. But yeah, I mean, the guy knew his shit. The guy who was checking it out, he's yeah. like, it's a slab it was board. A Mike and, and Mike's Guitars in Seattle, which is what actually kind of drove this sparkle thing because I then saw that they had just sold the 75P base with yes. a, a sparkle refin, and it was from this, these same Oh, that's right. The one you sent me was. That, yeah. That, oh, that's and cool. that was kind of what like set me down. I was like, oh, wait, shit, that's the same seller yeah. that like redid this this deal. Uh, I will say that that sparkle you sent me was nice. Was it like a turquoise blue or something? It was, like yeah, that? it was, dude. It was like, his, it was, it was cool. like the color of like uh, a, a mermaid's eyes, you know? I just, it was, I, I wanted it, but it was for, for, it was like three grand for a 75 for refin. A refin. No way. Um, I will say this, and a lot of people don't know, Fender in the mid 60s did do a, a small run of custom color sparkle finishes. I want to say it was they? like 64, 65. Maybe so that was transition. It. Guarantee Weld Strong has one. I guarantee it. They've got the whole collection. Yeah, they color. probably have all the... I think they actually do have like an orange one, which is like the most rare right. color of them all. But they did pink, they did purple, they did orange, blue. What it's do you think cool. about sparkles? Uh, I think they're flashy. I think they're cool. A worn one would be cool, obviously, because yeah. it's old and rare. Um, but to get it done now, I'm just... It's not my style yeah. anymore. I think... You know, maybe back when I was playing in Blaine, we were a little more colorful of a band that would have been a cool hitting, getting getting hit by those lights. Yeah, hitting stage with lights. the laser machines and the fog <laughs> and stuff. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I'm not against it. I would definitely buy something if it if it came up for a good price and it was cool. But I don't think I would look. I would go looking for it. It's not. It's not the top of your list. But you like it. 
I do. Yeah, I've never owned a sparkle. I, I mean, mean I've could, had I've had stuff with like a a slight sparkle that's made its way through my collection in and out real fast. But I've never owned like a sparkle yeah. instrument. I mean, you could easily buy a reissue sparkle body that's been finished already. Yeah, it wouldn't be a, probably a Fender piece. It would probably no, be warm, and that and that that's I would probably prefer that honestly. But yeah. I just also know that I like don't want to go through the hassle of like taking the neck off off my fucking P bass and yeah. doing all restringing it. Dude, and you know, I was thinking about stuff. that guitar the other day. It's it's actually when you were talking about putting the body on it i've never set that guitar up it's played perfectly ever since the day i, I gave it a setup did you yeah because okay. i like i gave it well, a full, you, you I, like I, a, I gave it a full bath yeah. i changed the strings i did all that stuff at one point but so even I, in the 10 years that i had it or whatever it was like or i guess seven years uh, i never had it worked on that's I had why, the dude, that's why i fell in love with it i picked yeah. it up and i was like holy shit this plays perfectly i love this bass and you're like well i just so happen to be sean i'm getting married <laughs> yeah, and then right. we fucking got drunk and yeah, sold it to me and then the, here we are all these years later still talking about it. Let's keep it moving. What else do we got? Well, uh, I don't know if you saw this. This is pretty neat. So a friend of the show, Acorn Amplifiers, who we've talked about before, they uh, I think they're mostly, I would say, notorious for having made. Remember uh, some months back? I think this was during 2022. Time is a flat circle. Sure. Uh, PVs, whichever, whichever josh homie secret amp became the decade light. the pb decade yeah. came to light and then acorn made that in a pedal yes where it was right. actually not even just like the preamp it was actually like a power amp too that you could plug right. into a cabinet that's so cool so acorn, acorn amplifiers came up with this idea uh earlier in the year where they were they were making just sort of like scaled down miniaturized versions of like larger pedals like boss and the clon and whatever and like had them 3d printed and they had this idea to turn a boss pedal into a doorbell and oh, I saw so, this. <laughs> so then yeah. they wound up collaborating with Custom Pedal Pro Gear Ant, uh, who's known for uh, just really in- insane stomp box paint jobs and such. Mm-hmm. And they actually made it. Yeah. And it's called the DB2. The DB, yeah. And the doorbell too. That's great. And they mounted it and it works. Like they have they, their, their doorbell at one of their homes is an actual miniaturized boss pedal that you press in. And I think that's the fucking coolest thing ever. I mean, yeah. They're not selling it, which is kind of a bummer. They kind of made it as like a goof or something. It's a total. They're they're goofers. If you yeah. ever check their Instagram, which I suggest following, I'm gonna have to start. They're following. posting memes. They're doing all it. that sort of edgy stuff. Nice. And uh, I'm, you know what? I'm hopeful that they figure out a way to sell this because well, I don't want to make it myself, but I would definitely buy and it. And you have a doorbell. I I have a non-functional doorbell. Well. You know, it better, doesn't do anything. No better time than to replace it and I fix know, it exactly. at the same time. Um, did I send that to you or did I just happen to see that? I don't remember. You I don't just happened to see it because I saw okay. it in, I don't know, one of my feeds. Because I think I was going to send it to you and be like, uh, dude, you actually have a doorbell. I, do. like, I don't even have one, so I would be useless to me. But. You don't have like a panel of things? Um, we have the uh, we have a buzzer. That's a buzzer. System. There it yeah. is. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, this is kind of a little side note. Um, I, I did a very small gift exchange with Mandy, nothing serious, but yeah. she got something that she saw online. She knew I had to have it, and I bet you've seen it before. It's for your keys, and it looks like the front panel of the Marshall. Amp. Yeah, and I, she got me the Fender one, so it's like the black panel. We've Fender. talked about that on the show. Yeah, before. and it's got four little with slots. The, the, with a quarter yeah, inch. Even got I don't have my keys on me, but it has the quarter inch yeah. now. Which she's like, is this dumb? And I was like, oh, it's sweet. It's cute. It's a, it's a nice it's, place. It's to keep in your between keys. sweet and dumb. I think that I. Oh I, yeah, I, it's I lo- not. I love it. Yeah, I love it. it. You know, they're probably cheap or whatever. Yeah. But she's like, I got this. I, you had to get it. For no, me. I think Marshall actually I've seen sells the Marshall like one. an official one. And then, of course, everyone is like, yeah. Been yeah. So she did, got me the Fender one. That's so great. I, I love that. Very cute. And then if you ever, I mean, if for some reason, if like that ever falls off, all you got to do is just like 
chop off the end of a tone tube, stick it in your keys. Now you've got your key. Well, chain. I was going to add these are regulation actual size totally. uh, quarter inches. Yep. So, or if I lose like uh, the nut to you know my input jack or my amp or something, you've like got that. it in your keys. I've got an extra set. Yeah, that's you know, beautiful. So that's, kind of funny. that's that's that is that's a really good wife. But gift, we we say. mounted it by the by the buzzer, so that's what made me think of it. Couple more things here for the symphony. Love that little aside. Uh, Native Instruments is giving away for the holiday season a free synth. Mm. It's called Haifa. I've downloaded it. You need to have the free Contact Seven player, which if you use any Native Instruments stuff, you've probably already got. Uh, it's um, it's sort of like. Uh, I don't know how, how do they describe it. It's blossoming acoustic electric hybrids, all inspired by nature and designed to keep you creating well into the new year. So it's just like sort of interesting, maybe a sort of left of center sounds that you don't know already have. You can cool. go and download it for free. Love so uh, go check that out on Native Instruments. They're also doing some sort of thing uh, until January sixteenth. You can get twenty five dollars off anything you like from the NI online shop. Jeez. So if you're in the if you're in the hunt for some Native Instruments stuff, now's, now's the, the time. Now's the time. Uh, last thing that I want to talk about in the symphony here is the Reverb 2022 Year in Gear. Did you happen to check that out? No, but I love these. Yeah, they they released their... Is it as maybe in-depth as I would have perhaps liked, but they released some data uh, from their year in, in sales, and I thought that it might be worth uh, well, running This is some similar to what they did a few episodes ago that we talked about, right? Where they talked they about, the, talked about selling... like, the number of amps and all this. Right. This is this is a little bit more high-level, okay. um, kind of a, a, a macro view, if you will. And I'm going to run through some of the stuff that I found sure, interesting. Um, I, I'm, and, and, of course, you know I like to, to quiz you, so I'm just going to have you guess some answers to some of these okay. questions here. So, according to Reverb, how many brand new products were, were released in 2022? Wow. Gear products, obviously. Yeah, of course. How many total products yeah. were released <laughs> in the in world? The um, that's a really good question because, you know, we do talk about that a lot on this show is like people have been firing off brand new ideas. All the time. All the time. But for Reverb, and you're saying Reverb has to sell it stock, like sell it brand new from their site. Correct. Um, geez, that's a really hard question. I'm just going to go, I feel like this is a low number, but like a hundred more than 3000 brand, brand new products were released in 2022. They didn't uh, give a full list of course, but yeah. that's what they said. Um, now I thought this was interesting. So they, they released, you know, obviously we're always buying, selling, we're looking for the best deal. We're, mm -hmm. we're listing stuff. We're, we're trying to, we're trying to get in before someone, uh, someone else does. And this is the record for the fastest deal that was listed for sale discovered and paid for in 2022 it was a 1965 jazz master great year for those obviously depending on what your thing is again listed for sale discovered and paid for how much time do you think it took hmm fastest of the year oh geez uh 15 seconds 43 seconds yeah which is that's like again that's not just like someone found it and then sold it that is they listed it someone found it and then someone paid for it like full transaction right in 43 fucking seconds i've i've done that you've done that yeah with that jaguar that i bought they she listed it for like 1300 bucks and you got it that and fast she, it was this lady being like i this is my husband's i don't know anything about it but here it is and i snatched it and it turned out to be all original minus the finish being stripped for like 1300 bucks yeah i was and as i was buying it i was like sweating because i'm like putting right. in my paypal info and stuff and waiting for it to process that's wild yeah so i, I bought something under 30 seconds before moral sure. of the story is if you want it you gotta you be have your shit loaded in already well dude that's what i used to um you know what back well, this is a little touch and tips with dave but i used to have the browser refresh right. automatically so if you really are trying to find new stuff which i'm sure 
I bet CME and like some of these companies probably have a guy all, like full time just sitting there refreshing a page. Can confirm to, to buy things. Yeah, um, I'm sure Rock and Roll Vintage does it. All this stuff. So when I was actively trying to get good deals, you you have to because yep. everybody else is watching it too. We all have the same alerts. We all have yep. the same feed. So you just have to manually be. Basically you just have to be there. lucky. Basically, uh, we talked about this before, and I still don't fucking believe it. <laughs> and it was the new release. That was the top seller on Reverb this year, which we again. And when you when you mentioned that uh, the previous data that they released, this came up, and I still don't understand it. The Chase Bliss Habit, which is that really weird sort of granular. It's a weird delay, funky thing, right? delay thing. Yeah. It just boggles my mind that that was the top selling new release. Again, we had those new Boss uh, uh, Space Echo pedals that came out this yep. year. There was a Line Six new DL4 delay Mark II. Like yep. there was all sorts of stuff that had, in my opinion, a much wider the uh, whole line of maestro stuff that came out. all the maestro stuff like yeah. uh, a, a much wider appeal to people than this like really goofy chase bliss pedal that frankly a very like, specific style. i don't even know how to use i have one i have that chase bliss bliss uh uh fuzz factory deal sure. that they did with you know zvex and i barely know how to use that thing yeah like there's just i just it blows my mind that that is a top seller i have to imagine there's gonna be a lot of those for sale aftermarket yeah, that's such a specific one, man. Yeah. That's such a good point. You're like, why wouldn't it be something that's kind of more of a general pedal? Like, like if saying? there was like a new tube screamer or yeah. something like that. But I guess I guess maybe people... They just already have that stuff. People already know. have it, and, yeah. and people are looking for something new. And, yeah. and I think that's dope. That's it's a just, really, really interesting surprising. thing. Yeah, that surprises the hell out of me. Uh, the couple more things I wanted to touch on here, uh, touch tips perhaps. Uh, the highest proportion... Okay, let me take that back. What states in the U.S. had the highest proportion of music gear buyers among their pop- population? So that's not to say that's not to say total. That's per capita. Right. So all things being equal, percentage. F- five states had their the most. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, there's no way to guess. Oregon, Washington, Tennessee, Colorado, and Delaware. Delaware, I Delaware forget, is I forget a, is a state sometimes. Yeah, I, I've never been there. I, I heard I've never great. been there either. Um, shout out to Delaware listeners. Um, and then the least, New Jersey and Rhode Island. The first four didn't surprise me too much because you've got, you know, Portland, music, Portland, Seattle, Seattle. obviously Tennessee has Nashville, even Colorado, uh, Colorado, Denver Denver and and a lot of that sort of stuff. I mean, all those, but this this equalizes that it doesn't matter if there's a big city in that state, right? It's just per, it's just, but I would based on total, not based on total population, just based on total sales averaged. Yeah. Those states bought more than every other state. Which is, I don't know. I it's guess it's interesting. No, because, well, I would assume like they, you know, they have music scenes in those states. Totally. That's what I'm saying. So, but Delaware, maybe we got to go check out Delaware, man. Maybe there's something I, we don't know happening. Uh, hi, we're in, we're in Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> These cities were home to the highest numbers of reverb sellers. Okay. I think this, this should be easier for you, for you to guess. Yeah. It's LA, New York, London, Chicago, Nashville. Yeah. It just has the most people. Biggest music makes, scenes. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense to me. Now, last thing I'm going to ask you about this, and then we're going to get to our little duo Dave stocks. Yeah, I'm excited. Today. From both the largest names to the small up-and-comers, I want you to guess how many unique brands were sold on Reverb this year. Hmm. This is your bosses, your EHXs, everything, Fender, uni- right. any, every brand that has sold on Reverb in 2022. How many do you think there were? Oh, my God. How many brands? I mean, yeah, dude, I mean, that's just like a crazy question. Maybe I'm going to say like 5,000. 19,199 brands. <laughs> okay, That's a lot, dude. Dude, if we have a brand, we can put it over the edge. 19, too. Get Tone Tubes rocking on there. <laughs> that's right, man. 
Um, that's, that's that's a lot. Way more than I would have guessed. Yeah. I, in no in no realm of the universe would I have thought that there were almost twenty thousand different gear brands out there. Because again, this isn't just like fucking eBay or something where they sell everything. This is just music equipment. Right. Right. This isn't just like yeah. I wouldn't think there was twenty brands of anything or twenty thousand brands of anything in the world. Yeah. Shoes. Know? Freaking. Yeah. <laughs> what? Sandwiches. Sandwich. How many brands of sandwiches you guys got? Mm. Um, that's this is a mind blowing episode so far. I know I'm I'm happy to bring bring like the it. mind blowers, but you know what else I'm happy to bring? What's that? Bring the fucking suggestion for you to get those notes out because it's time for Dave's docs. It's time for Dave's docs. I'm gonna sing a song today, today, today. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was okay. I I thought you were gonna do more of like the style of the music that we're gonna be discussing. <laughs> Graves Docs. Graves Docs. Graves Docs. Can't okay. really do an auto. I know. How do, you, how do you do vocoder yeah, without a vocoder? Uh, dude, so you know more, way more about this band than I do. Maybe. Um, oh, I'm sure. Well, but now we both have a baseline. We, we have, have, an, equal, we have an equal playing field, but what, you, you have a little bit of a history. What did we watch? We watched Party Dream about Gil Mantera. Gil Mantera's Party Dream. I bet less than 5% of our audience has ever even heard of this band before. Yeah, and I only luckily heard of them because my old lead singer was like an insane fan of them. Well, that's because they're a fucking insane band. And they are. And now I they see were. where he got a lot of that. Yeah, they were. He definitely was directly oh, influenced by them. Like, had I known, had I ever seen them live, like in the way that he had, yeah. everything else would have made more sense playing in yes. that band now. So it was kind of funny. Um, That's the first thing I thought of. Pretty cool band, though. Pretty good doc. I thought it was a great doc, not too dude. long either. No, it was it was like an hour fifteen. Yep, I think. Yep, that's my kind of speed. I paid four ninety nine for it too. on Amazon. I was gonna text you and ask if you if it was on Prime, and then I just I said fuck it. It wasn't paid a, for yeah. it, and it was a not big enough movie to go find a torrent on. So you you'll have to pay for it, people. But it just I think it just came out right in December. Yeah, in December. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. Yep. So just a few weeks ago. So tell us a little bit a little bit about Gil Mantera's party dream. Well, so it's a it's a duo technically. Yes. Um, they're kind of both songwriters, except I would say, well, first of all, it's not the real names, right? Right. So there's there's two guys in the band, Ultimate Donnie and Gil Mantera. <laughs> uh, they've always the the shtick was always that they were brothers, and I've got to say, I didn't know. That. I I thought that they were. I thought that that was fake. Yeah. Like I thought because they would always talk about like, oh, my brother Donnie or whatever, right. or my brother Gil, because Donnie or Gil Mantera didn't really ever talk on stage. Right. Sort of. He had the uh, vocoder. He had the vocoder yeah. going, which it didn't always have. But right, uh, right, right. I didn't know that either. And uh, it turns out they're actually stepbrothers. Yeah. And he's like seven years older than him or something. Like yeah. That. Like, or maybe even more. Yeah. Like he was like, when he was one, I was like eight. Yeah. And so I would like change his diapers and like help exactly. out. But stuff. then they became basically best friends. Yeah. And uh, which kind of makes the story a little sadder because oh, dude, I, things I, don't end that well. Th- no spoilers yet, but fuck me, man. I, I was so sad for most of that movie. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, if they tell you, I guess we're just going to have to spoil everything because most people are never going to see this. They, in the beginning, it, it, the movie is mostly an interview with Ultimate Donnie. With Richard, yeah, Ultimate Donnie. With Richard, yeah. Glenn is Gil Mantera. So it's named after the guy who's not doing as much in the forefront of the scenes. In right, a way, exactly. Because Donnie was kind of, he, I guess you could kind of call him the lead singer, you know? He's, yeah, he was the lead, the lead singer. He was the guitar player. He played guitar. And then, the, so their music is like, electronic like dancey synthy music. party music and it's just like ultimate donnie would sing and play electric guitar sometimes and then gill would had like keyboards and mm-hmm. drum machines drum and machines. a vocoder and like some which i want to talk stuff. about too because i didn't really the thing that they didn't really get into in the movie for me was how they kind of they were like oh gill just like made the beats but they didn't really talk about what he used 
you know, was using five hundred fives or like there was there was not a ton in like specific gear spotting. We can come back to that, yeah, which but I've got a little bit. There yeah. was the one thing that I thought was well, we'll, we'll get we'll get to it. But the first thing I want to say, the opening shot of the movie. Did you notice? Mm-mm. It's at the empty bottle. Oh, was the that first scene? I is saw a at lot of uh, Metro footage. There's but... a bunch of a bunch of shots of them at the bottle, bunch of them at the Metro, and you could tell that it wasn't the same show. It was like mo- they they yeah. kept coming back multiple totally, times totally. to these venues, and then that was sort of the thing they talk about with this band, where it was like the first time they'd go to a place, yep. no one had ever heard of them, and there'd be nobody there. But then the next time they came, it would there, just it would be, be like packed. totally packed. Yeah, yeah, and, they caught on like wildfire. And and so I guess now is a good time to just sort of explain my connection with them. I got to play with them a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know my 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 memory is not what it used to be. I have very. Spe- I know we did. We I played with them a couple of times. I only have specific memories of one of the shows. Okay, and it was in Champaign, and it was. I think I was still in school there. It would have been maybe like two thousand five ish, two thousand six, and nobody came. Did you guys play the Canopy Club? We played. It was either it was somewhere in downtown Champaign. It was either cowboy monkey or the high dive i played all those venues at mm-hmm. some point but it was not the canopy it was one of those and i was talking to my good buddy jimmy who's probably listening to this what's up jimmy he was there also and he's also now like a lifelong fan because of that show cool. they basically didn't play because no one was there they're just like yeah fuck it we're just gonna talk about movies all night and oh, they really? just like on st- like they still played a couple songs <laughs> yeah. but they mostly just like talked about their favorite movies on yeah, stage I, all night i guess we should explain uh for people who've never heard of this band yeah well, you kind of almost just have to go like watch a YouTube clip or something because yeah. like they run around in their underwear with like ski goggles on. My second note that I have on here, <laughs> they leaned into the, the banana hammock thong early, like Real, before yeah. they were party dream yeah. when they were they were party talk, party they had, like, talk other names thing, that they were yeah, called. Right. They were all about just being as fucking wild and ridiculous on stage as they possibly could be. And that was kind of the, one of the interesting things I didn't realize. It was like they started off as this novelty and it was like, right. we need a band to play. You have five hours. And to then so they're just like, together, yeah. fuck it. Let's just do this. And they just like were insane and took their clothes off on totally. stage. But then they realized at a certain point, it's like, oh, we have to like come up with songs. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, they, they didn't even have songs at first. No. They were just playing like talking with beats and weird synth stuff. beats yeah. basically um that and then i also thought the uh they would get in these like little like onstage fights kind yes. of yes and, and every time i saw them they did do that yeah where um where uh donnie would definitely berate gill yes throughout the show and yeah. then i remember the one time where he's like man we were having a beer and like one day he just kind of looked at me and he was like dude i really don't like when you say that stuff to me yeah. on stage and it he's like holy sad. shit i'm really sorry man yeah. like i i thought it was just like a you know a little you know a, a shtick or whatever but totally and they talk about that too and they're in like because there's old interviews mm-hmm. to again we're gonna have to spoil gilman Terra does not show up in this documentary no, he chooses not to take he's part invited in. and in the it starts with him uh he's about to read the email that he the response was basically saying like i'm not interested in being in the doc which they yeah. do read at the because they broke up in like maybe two th- mid early mid early two, 2010s something like that yeah i thought that's what it said right and uh and they and so they we, you find out immediately basically that gill and donnie are aka gary and richard is that what they're in? glenn and richard glenn and richard yeah uh, they haven't spoken in many years at this point yeah yeah, which I is think very they sad. said five or six years at that point. And this so. is the most of the documentary interview happens in like 2016. Oh, so that okay. was what I was kind of confused I was, about too. I didn't know <laughs> if that was current like time, if that was 2021. Or so it was 2016. And that, so oh. I was like, why is it so far back? We'll get to why that is. Yes. Eventually. And then at the end, they kind of wrap up with right, like, exactly. his life and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but they, yeah. So they, and, and that was the other funny thing is you can, you kind of figure out that although 
it was pretty obvious to me back then that Gil was more of the sort of brains of the operation. They made it seem like it was Donnie and that like Gil was like very stupid, but yeah. he's actually this like really educated guy who like graduated from Ohio state, yeah. like early on in the band and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like Donnie's kind of just this like, I don't know. He's like kind of like this like towny sort of dude who's like who like life has sort of passed him by a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And well, yeah, he, he was even saying he's like, you know, we had this opportunity to go record with the drummer from Black Keys. Patrick Carney, right? Patrick Carney, who's pretty cool. I've listened to some interviews with him. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because he was like, oh, yeah, no, Gil would show up with his laptop and have all these songs like kind of written out already. Yep. And then I would go into the studio admittingly and being like, I'm just going to wing it. And these are going to be the lyrics to the yes. song now. So, you know, like he didn't take it as seriously as Gil did. Not at all. But he was the front man of the band. Yep. So I think that kind of started a rift in their relationship. Oh, it definitely did. You know, where he's like, dude, you're getting all the credit. And then you could see like then he starts writing more songs with the follow up record. Right. So, OK, so they had four albums, which also was news to me, honestly, yeah, I because thought they had, like three. Or two. I only knew about the two. Uh, Blood Songs is the best one by far. I still own that on compact yeah, disc, awesome. you know, and then and then so that that record like. I di- again, I didn't know this at the time. Like, like you said, Black, uh, Black Keys, Patrick Carney guy. He like recorded that. He like brought them to like a fancy studio because yep. they were like at this point where they're having huge crowds show up. They're selling out the name they had factory. No label. They had no label. They had nothing. No yep. support. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Hey, this could be like a real thing." And so then he's like, "They need to have a real production." Yep. So he t- sent them to I don't remember the name of the studio in New York. And th- and that record actually sounds really good. Oh, like yeah. it still sounds fucking dope. Yeah. The beats are he's super banging. Yeah. I don't know if did he produce it. I, don't, I can't sure. remember I how, he, how maybe that all he just went. engineered it or something. But. I know that he he mentions that he lost fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> in making that record. Yeah, that's. I mean, you're taking a gamble just with you know a couple nuts and those guys like to put the soda pops back. I'll tell you, they that were much, partiers like, at that. Point. There's like not a scene where they're not drinking on stage. It's they were called crazy. Gil Mantera's party drink. I know. I mean, that it's was just sort of so lie. funny. I'm like, that's gonna catch up. They were. It's hard. Okay, actually, I, I have a thing written down there. Yeah. So they played with this band, Grand Buffet. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And they, they were, were kind of doing the same kind thing. Kind of doing the same thing. A duo, electronic, kind of weird. wacky outfits. Left of center music. And uh, they're, they're interviewing. They interviewed both of them. They're, the one guy I was talking about, he said, if someone described Party Dream to me, I would have said, fuck that. <laughs> but when they yep. did it, it was fucking awesome. Yep. Yep. For and, whatever and reason. And I feel the same way. Like, if we're if I was listening to the us two ding-dongs talk about this band right now, I'd be like, this sounds like the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Why would I care <laughs> right. about this? But actually, like seeing them live, getting to like actually hang out with them, and then and then having listened to the music yeah. since then, I I I they're one of my favorite bands ever. Dude, like, I love them. Well, that's the thing. So I, you know, I've listened to them in small doses before, just when I was being introduced to them. Yeah. Kind of forgot about them for a long sure. time. But my wife was watching it with me, and she has never heard of this band. Mm-hmm. So for her to watch it, and then she's like, "This is actually like some of these songs are really good." Yes. Um, and I'm like, "Yeah," and they have a fun stage thing. So it's like. You know a band like that isn't going to last very long. Like that's just you know you just can't keep doing that um, forever. So that's kind of it. Kind of makes sense why they fizzled out, dude. I remember. So they were a duo, but then towards the end they brought in a drummer. Yeah, for like and I saw them. I think it was at like Wicker Park Fest or one of those street fests. They they played with the three piece lineup, and I remember the crowd just like losing their minds. Like what is this? And it was like daylight out. It wasn't sure. even like a good it's slot. Like two in the and people were like freaking out, yeah. dancing their asses off That's to party. That would have been cool. It was awesome. Um, yeah, the drummer added a lot when they brought him. Yeah. In, you know, but I thought it was cool how they talked about playing the Knitting Factory in New York, which yep. is like they have, I guess they have five different rooms and you play at the lowest one first. Mm-hmm. And then he said the next time we showed up, we're headlining the main room, the main room and selling it out. And it's just like lying out the door, wrapped yeah, around the street. Like, they had in that. This was another thing I was thinking about you while I was watching it. 
they're another one of those bands that just had someone around with a video camera fucking taping yes, stuff all the time. Totally, Thankfully, dude. because they you yeah, got to watch their evolution. 2006, you didn't yeah. see that very often. No. You know, especially with phones. We still had flip phones. We then, still had crap. Know? Yeah, bullshit phones. Um, yeah, I thought that was really... I didn't even... You know, I, that didn't occur to me while I was watching this this time. That was it the first thing does. that popped my yeah. brain. I was like, oh, I'm so glad that they had that person. They never really mentioned who it is, you know, but there's always someone recording stuff. For well, them. I would say this too. I think... From the, they did a really good job in this documentary of getting like that, of getting all that footage and really putting you into the show. Yeah, like you know, like like you were just saying, like if I told you about this band, you'd be like, "Fuck that." Yeah. But if you watched this doc or even watched half of it, you'd be like, "Oh, these guys actually had a thing going." They on. totally did, and right. they were. I, I, we haven't really talked about how funny they were. Oh yeah, they were like piss your pants if if you're okay with that sort of humor. I guess like I can't think of anything funnier, and it, it is very difficult to mix art and humor or, or music sure. and comedy it's that's oh, not yeah. an, that's a very difficult thing to do yeah and i just i'm it completely sold what they were doing their music was good don't get me wrong but the whole package with them and their fucking banana hammocks dude. on stage swinging their wieners around they love beer wearing, all just, themselves. dude the part where he's taking all the old uh costumes out of that <laughs> out of tupperware <laughs> and he, it, it, you literally hear it crack like in half and it's like stuck together he, they probably just threw those sweaty into it. They had to have, Ugh, yeah. Like so the, gross. And like ultimate or uh, Gill's uh, that fringe leather jacket. That was sweet. They had, I, and I actually remember the first time because he had these like uh, they were obviously mostly naked all the time on stage. He had these like two big birds tattooed on his chest. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw them, he didn't have the tattoos, right. and then he like came back, and all yeah. of a sudden he had these tattoos. And he's and like, like rock star, holy shit! Yep. Totally, man. Yeah, and yeah, the outfits were cool too because I was like how do you guys buy all these clothes? Like they were wearing different outfits and like yeah. everything. And I'm like, this is awesome. man. It was like, like thrift store shit. It was. Yeah. But it's like cool. thrift store. It was shit. very cool. Yeah. So good on them, man. I definitely get where a lot of the influence of my old singer came from though. Holy shit. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's hard. It's almost hard not to be influenced by them. If, yeah. If you, if you, because that was the thing. It was like, it was so impactful, but it never got that big. Like if right. you were in, you felt like you were in this like secret. It was club. a cool cult thing. And I loved actually, yeah. I loved hipping people to be that like, hey, hey, have you heard of Gil Mantera's Party yeah. Dream? Oh, let me put on Shadow Grip. Oh, let me put on Alligator yeah. Dreams or whatever Dude, that song is yeah. called. Like there's just like a few hits. I was just like, if you don't like this, we're probably not gonna be friends. It's frankly. just fun banger. And like there was that kind of music a little bit during that time period. Like you know, yeah. Data Rock was really big exactly. then, and like some ch- uh, girl uh, chick, talk. chick chick and girl chick, talk. Chick. Yeah, so like you know that they they did fit into that kind of thing, but I also also thought it was funny how they put them on like the Warp tour. That's I probably didn't, what, I didn't know about that. That's probably honestly. what ultimately started in them being like, dude, what the fuck are we doing? Like yes. this is grueling, man. Like I think they even mentioned at one point like they were almost considering just like quitting the tour. That was not the right environment for that band. No, they're playing with like emo bands. Exactly. And shit. <laughs> now, so speaking of their evolution, one thing I wrote down and that I that I had no idea about was how important. And you already touched on it what the vocoder was to the evolution yes. of that band. So like they started off and it was just like, Donnie, he does these kind of like, how do, you, how do you describe his vocal style? Donnie? It's, uh, it's kind of like yelling, but it's not, but it's like also kind of crooning. He's also kind of got a good voice, but yeah. then sometimes he really doesn't have a good voice. Right. It, it goes in and out for sure. But So like he's doing the main sort of singing and it's then a rock and roll voice, but then Gil Glenn got a vocoder, which it, is um, yeah. oh, I fucking wish I'd written it down. It's one. Did he, he have the Korg Mini micro or the micro? He, he had a micro Korg, but no, his main his main vocoder was it's um uh, I think Effectron, I believe was okay. the name of the of the brand, and they had like three different rack units that like everyone had. They were kind of chintzy at the time, but like it that was the core of their that, sound. Once they got that vocoder, it changed them completely. Totally, and it I mean a lot of music even started using. I don't know if they were due for that. You know, I don't know if that was. 
their thing but like you know then you started hearing it in rap and all that stuff all too, around place, that yeah. around that time period people started doing the auto tune or the vocorder what i was going to ask you about because i've only played with the one on the uh, micro chord uh-huh. that matt used to have but you had to play notes while you were singing into it for that one to work but for him, he was just like walking around on stage with the mic, and I'm like, I yeah. didn't know they had like an automated one. So it would have been probably. I've never used that one specifically. I've had yeah. a bunch of different ones. I have some like plugins. Like still. I didn't know that technology even existed. Really. It's existed since the 70s. Yeah, you basically you could like choose like a key or like a, a like say like this scale or something right. like that. So you'd okay. say like so oh, I'll put it in like D Phrygian, yeah. and then and then it would just like automatically gotcha. move it in, in okay. and out of that. And that then you can sort sense. of control like how hard it tunes it into that yeah. and like but there are some of them yeah where you like have to sit there and yeah. like play or the like chord. the peter frampton type stuff or like a talk like, box yeah, right 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 you have to be playing the guitar exactly no this is that i i mean i, I don't that you're to your point they don't really get into the specific i wish they would have got a little more gear probably crazy because out. glenn isn't in the movie yeah so they he, just couldn't and he actually was like the brains behind all that he shit. was the total brain yeah. behind all yeah, that stuff yeah so um, there were some good gear spots though. Yeah, well, some well, nice, some nice guitars. guitars, man. Yeah, he had a lot of guitars. He switched, he switched them up. Yeah, which was funny because there, he plays a lot of leads on those songs, and then he talks about how he's like literally, he's like, oh, I can't play it's guitar. Hilarious, dude. He's like, I will, I like can't do it. In like the but, opening kind of like scene where they're playing, he shreds this lick up, up yeah. a solo up the neck, and I'm like, dude, he is excellent, man. Yeah. Like that. I mean, maybe he just wrote that. He can play that one part perfectly. Yeah, it's not fucking awesome to me though, man. But yeah, then he's at one point he's sitting down with the interviewers and he's like got his guitar. They're like, yeah, just play like what like, you would normally play if like, you picked up a guitar. I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> He's like, they're like, well, what do you warm up with? He goes, I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't play guitar, which I thought was obviously him being a little humble, but uh, pretty funny. And also cool, funny, too, like because yeah. he, he still has that humor. You can tell that was, He's man, little, that was one of the things that kind of crushed me about it. it was like he was this natural. He had that like that front man energy. He, yeah. ha- he should be on a stage. But then when that was taken away from him, it was just like he doesn't he didn't have an identity anymore. So like he just could just, you know, maybe he would like be that guy at the pub or whatever. But he just didn't have that outlet anymore. And he just lives from Youngstown, Ohio. Well, and imagine like being you get, you know, shot into outer space with with like your rise to fame for that band and being the singer and, and partying on stage every single night and touring for five weeks at a time. And then just to be not doing it, I mean, that's got to be soul crushing, man. Like, yeah, and he had, he had a young daughter at the time too, yeah. which I didn't, you know, I didn't, of course, yeah, didn't, I didn't know. know and like that was sort of they don't really talk about like no. what happened with all that, but then eventually you get to meet his like new Wife lady, and, and then stuff. they get married and all that sort of stuff. Um, but let's talk about how it ends a little bit because, yeah. or no, well, well, actually, we got sidetracked. Let's finish gear spots. Mm. So um, I, I know just, he played that he played that Gibson Blues Hawk, Gibson Blues Hawk, um, which is the guitar he played definitely when we played with them. And I always what? thought that was pretty funny. Which one's the blues hog? Is that like the Les Paul thing? It's sort of Les Pauly. It's like a. It's kind of like a special. It's a flat top. Yeah. It's got a weird angled pickup. Was it kind of like, like a, a reddish humbucker? Like I think he had a blue one. Oh, okay. I want to say, but it, it a, a blues hawk. Yeah, those were they. They were there was there were a couple different versions of the like Gibson Hawk thing, but it's sort of less poly, but it's like a flat top. It's not an arch top gotcha. or a carved top, I should say. And it's got usually it's got like a, a mini humbucker that's angled, and it's like almost like a it's almost sort of a cross between like a Telly and a Les Paul in some ways. Cool. Like yeah, it's I, got that kind of uh, bridge and stuff. On yeah, it. I think I do recall seeing that. He had an SG at some point. Yep. Uh, Les Paul standard. I saw a few times a black one. Mm-hmm. Then he also had a white custom. That was the white custom. It was like yellow, which he had on too. Warp Tour. Yeah, they showed a clear daylight picture yeah. of that, and I was like, that fucking guitar. I never saw him with so that, and I was like, that guitar's dope. That you could tell. Then that's when Larry like, oh, he got a little money now. Exactly. Um, Dan Armstrong guitar, the clear guitar. Yes, that, yep. that was so perfect for yeah. them. How would I and, never? It never would have even occurred to me. And later when they show him playing with another band, he's still playing that guitar. Yeah. So I thought it was cool that he kept, like kept that one or whatever. Right. Uh, the bass was a Gretsch Mini Jet. 
which we talked we about. We talked about the other day. Did we bring that up on the show? I don't know if we did, actually. There was the controversy around that base. Big controversy. Should we talk about uh, it? Yeah. What, what happened? Well, we found out that those aren't really mini humbuckers. They are it's just like a single, weird single coils coil with a humbucker looking cover. cover. And, and like Gretsch advertised it as being a humbucker. Yeah. And there was like the, a lot of internet consternation around right. this. And then someone cracked the code and like bought one and fucking took it apart. And was like, no, nah, dog, it's just a single coil a with single like a humbucker coil. cover on there. But, but you think you would notice right away because you think it would hum. It would hum, exactly. Yeah, so I've never actually played one of those. Uh, I haven't either, but they're cheap. I think you can get them yeah. for like 200 bucks. I kind of want one now that it's not a humbucker because I'm not a big humbucker. You're guy. not. So I might. I don't Do you know. have a base with a humbucker? I've got that uh, the EBO uh, fretless thing. That's got a humbucker. Well, it's like whatever the the Japanese the version of the deal? mudbucker yeah, thing okay. is. I'm not sure the exact yeah. specs. It's probably a Maxon or something right. like that. Um, but yeah, that's the only. Yeah, I'm not a big humbucker guy. Dude, speaking of that, really fast, we're uh, tangent on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to our good buddy Max recently, and uh, we we're talking about uh, Japanese inst- uh, like sort of lawsuit import instruments, sure. and apparently, I don't. You might know about this. I had not heard about this. There is a specific Greco era of pickup that if your Les Paul ish guitar or whatever humbucker type guitar has this and I can't remember what it's called it's gray something maybe mm. not gray bottom but if your Greco has this pickup in it yeah it makes it about a thousand dollars more expensive really because yeah. I've seen some Grecos where I'm like that looks way overpriced yeah. to me um, I guess it, but it's a, only a humbucker it's a specific so humbucker probably being like the, the Les Paul, Les Paul SG maybe like a 335 they a type guitar yeah they've got a, yeah. they did all the freaking they did hum- it homie boys but i had never uh, heard of them before so handsome johnny if you're listening to this i know you're the you're the yeah, japanese and even our, our good buddy henry of bonfires vintage you know more about this let us know but i guess there's yeah there's like a specific we're oh you know why we were talking about the the fact that prs is selling those aftermarket pickups for 500 bucks yes now. that's right that's and uh, we were talking about that and he's like dude have you seen, you know, like do you know about this and i'm like no i don't but that's kind of bad max had I, th- I don't remember if he has a greco or burns he's had a bunch of different yeah. edwards he's had a lot of those different sort of like japanese les paul type guitars and I guess there's this one era that's just like ridiculously expensive now, like PAF level craziness. Right. Dang. Yeah. Well, if, if the people know, but then again, you could find a good deal if you didn't know if it had one in there. You that's know, right. Open it up and check it. I out. was. I'm. I'm kind of wondering what was in my Aria, but I think it was specific. <laughs> uh, I think it was specifically those Greco. Uh, right guitars. for that. Yeah, because a lot of those were made in the same factory. They, though, yeah, so. the Yamamoto factory. Yes, uh, Matsushita. Okay. Uh, so else? wait, uh, real quick. Yeah. What was that red BC Rich pointy guitar thing he was playing? Oh, I think he had a Mockingbird at one point. Is that what it was? was yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was. That was cool. I mean, that fit their style. I've got to say, the older I get, the more I kind of like those guitars. I like them because they're wacky, but they are stage guitars. Like, I wouldn't have that just to play it at home. There's no point. No, definitely not. You know, in fact, two things about that. One, I was very close to some guy had a. It was like one of the maybe Korean made BC Rich Mockingbirds on Craigslist looking for trades recently. And I was like, that could be a fun stage guitar. Yeah. Didn't wind up getting, putting an offer on that Two Last night. I remember the I remember the music thing that I watched that I couldn't remember to tell you what it was. Oh. A new Gibson. The collection video came mm. out with our, our buddy Mark Agnesi sure. interviewing Bradley Whitford from Aerosmith. Oh, wow. And his collection might be the best guitar collection I've ever seen in my life whoa it's all just the coolest 50s and 60s gibson fender stuff you've ever seen yeah you know we're talking all the bursts he's got he's got an act this is you don't you never see these he has a 58 les paul standard gold top oh before they transition into the burst right and it's a dark back oh you gotta watch it but the reason i thought I of it is because you probably remember there was that era of the like 
maybe late 70s, early 80s when Aerosmith, for some reason, was playing BC Rich. Oh, that's right. Both yeah. Joe Perry and Brad Whitford. Yeah, I forgot about He that. has, it's a fucking super cool guitar. It's a blue Mockingbird, mm-hmm. and it's a 10-string. Oh, wow. So set up like a six-string guitar, except the top, like the highest four strings are doubled. So the low E and A are not. Oh, wow. But the way they do it is instead of putting the the six all or all the tuning pegs up top you then you run the regular you string it up like a normal six string guitar with the tuning pegs up top and then on down on the bottom there's four more so you reverse the strings down through the bottom and then you get that 12 string sound dude i bet that sounds awesome i know i bet that would be fun and he's got the only blue one it's a fucking it's a really cool guitar they did some cool fucking guitars there's like a thousand knobs and switches he's like i literally don't even know what all these things do i leave it like this I know we're way off on tangent, but that guitar is cool, and I kind of want a BC Rich. Dude, I like BC Riches, man. And, the, you know, the the good ones are worth quite a... Oh, they're very expensive. Quite a expensive. chunk of change. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, the copies just don't seem to live up to it. No, I, I've always kind of wanted... I had a friend who had the uh, the clear green acrylic uh, Mockingbird, mm. which supposedly was bulletproof. I, I always wanted to test that theory, but, you know, we didn't have a gun to shoot at it. <laughs> uh, I, I But I think those they're hideously ugly, and I yeah. kind of love them. Yeah, and again, it's it's such a stage guitar. Like you, if you, you exactly yeah. you wear that on stage, being like people are going to see that, and then you just have to rip solos too. You, you know? have oh you you can't be a shitty can't guitar be a rhythm player. guitar player. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's finish up. What else? What yeah, else we, what else? What oh, notes you got? That here? was pretty much it for yeah. uh, gear spots because we talked about the vocoder, which kind of blew my mind. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, dude, that's pretty much all I had. So I want to touch on how sad it is because yeah. the movie is th- you know it's these brothers and they're. Right the best of friends right. like they did everything together since they were very little kids like you said sh- changing his shitty diaper until the fact that they were like and then they taught shared how to music play and stuff. guitar together yeah. and all that sort of stuff and then the band ends because so the way it sort of evolves blood songs happens that record was i mean i wouldn't call it a hit but it was in, in terms of their world it was kind of a hit like they that record blew up yeah. for them yeah and then soundscape was the, the final one, uh right? dreamscape or dreamscape and yeah You're uh right. yeah Gil, at the, so they, the way that the band always worked, and you talked about it, it was like he would write the songs, and then he'd bring them to Donnie. Donnie would kind of like improv. He would do his weird humor. Yeah. He'd kind of just like let it, f- it. let it fly. But that was like part of the magic. Sure. And then lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Gil really didn't like the fact that Donnie was getting all the attention. He was getting mm-hmm. all the accolades. He's like, you know what? I'm doing all the work anyways. I'm just going to write everything. So then he brought for this last record, he just wrote everything. He wrote right. the lyrics. He wrote the melodies. Yep. He did all the stuff that Donnie was doing before. And if you listen to it, it just doesn't really work. Yeah. Like it's just kind of flat and dull. It's and more it of like have, his record. And it is. And it doesn't yeah. have that. It doesn't have the party dream wildness to it. And that was ultimately what sort of drove them apart. That was their last record. And they waited like four years to record that. They did. From the last one. So they were just touring nonstop for four years. Constantly. And building up a huge fan base. Like they they could have really, if they had been smart enough to just like, A, for Donnie to like put the work in that he should have been doing all along and and Gil to sort of like, realize that part of the magic is the fact that it was the two of them yeah they could have they could have kept it going but they didn't and then they had a massive falling out and they didn't talk for like six i think they said five or six years or something like that yeah. and so it's 20 the most we already talked about most of the movie happens in 2016 right. well they fast forward like 2019 and and so ultimate donnie he's like started a brewery at yeah. this point i can't remember what it's called something penguin city something? Pe- penguin city penguin city brewery which, which i would I'd, try it i had never heard of that yeah but I guess if, if they're still exist in existence, you can go get that. And it was still and like he's like he got married and like all this stuff happened. And then and then and then 
you know, folks, I got I got to say there is a happy ending. I was yeah. so so afraid that watching this whole movie, I was just gonna be crushed. And it's like, why the fuck did they make this movie? I was literally gonna text like, why did they make this movie? <laughs> right. And then we find out that because of the wedding and all this sort of stuff, they actually had a little bit of a they had a reunion. Yeah. And, they, and they're friends and family again. Yeah, they did. Um, and that's really nice to see. I, the sad part to me was when they were asking. I don't remember what he said. They were asking him some question about his relationship with his brother. And are you surprised that it went this way or something? And he's like, I don't, he's like, we used to, he's like, I forgot even while we were touring and when the band started to get serious and the rift kind of started to begin between them, he's like, I forgot what it was even like to be best friends anymore. Yeah. So they had already kind of started fighting on the road. And then after that, dude, I mean, look, you know, we've talked about this man bands, some, it's sometimes like relationships and you just never talk to that person again you especially know? brother bands but I brother mean, it's, it's it's more sad when it's brother bands like that you know for sure and we didn't even i mean we talk about i mean brother bands are our shit around brother here. bands are like the best bands in the world family family, <laughs> family bands, bands all about i mean we talked about the jacksons last week yeah that's right full circle so my question D- to how you, many banana hammocks did you get <laughs> how many wieners did you get <laughs> this movie yeah, if you're eked out by banana hammocking, uh, there, there's there's no direct nudity. There's a lot. There's no, butt cracks. There's, there's like lots of butt cracks. Maybe a, maybe lots a little bit of sweaty, sack. sweaty bodies. No dongs. Mm-mm. Which I would I would be okay if there were. There just weren't. Yeah, there just weren't. Just yeah. Just spoiler alert. I, uh, I you know it's it just as an aside. I'm happy that we now live in a society where dongs are getting equal play on TV to like boobs and vaginas and stuff. Like for a long time, you just never yeah. saw that. And what was I watching? Oh, White Lotus. White Lotus. Yeah, yeah. you see Steve Zahn's balls. Yeah, like, big, you see full, full shaft. And then the the guy in the new season, they show right up first episode. It's just like bump. There oh, it is, yeah, totally. flopped out. On exactly. It. And I'm. I mean, I'm not like actively seeking out dongs, but I just feel like yeah. it was unfair that women were the ones that were getting. Euphoria's got a lot of dongs. Oh, I've, never, I've never actually watched. Oh, there's that. lots of dongs in that. Yeah. Dong so watch. If, you're, if you're in a dong watch, dong watch 2022. Yeah. Uh, how many dongs are you giving this one? I'm giving it. Here's the thing. So from me as a documentary standpoint, yeah. I didn't know the band that well, and I really enjoyed it. So okay. I'm going to give it a solid like 8.7. Ooh. But if you're a fan of the band and haven't seen that's this, like a mostly erect banana dong. That's a pretty. Yeah, it's a semi. Yeah. If you're a big fan of the band, it's a 10 all you the way. You have to watch it. You have to watch it. Yeah. It's so, it's and it's really really well done. It was entertaining. It wasn't slow at any yeah. at any moment. It's kind of a predictable story i guess you could say i mean how many bands have gotten famous overnight you know they work their ass off it's not really mm-hmm. overnight but then they they end up collapsing it reminded me a lot of the uh death room above documentary oh i didn't even make that connection i think well, you're because right, though. you have two guys really you know two characters in the band and so if you just start to kind of not get along you don't have anywhere else to go you don't have another wow you can't go hang out with the drummer instead of the bass player yep. you've got to go see the same guy on stage every night so that's ultimately why that band fell apart and i think you know it's a little bit why this band fell apart too so. man well said I, yeah. I agree and i actually agree with both your rankings on that too like if you haven't seen it there's a lot for everyone in there especially yeah. if you're just like open to new music but if you are a fan or if you've ever even heard of this band you fucking have to go see it it is oh, yeah. and it's short enough that you could watch it in a, in a short amount of time like a perfect, perfect rock doc, in my opinion. Yeah, it also kind of it had little inklings of the Guar documentary too, because like when that band started, they weren't a band either, mm. and they were they were more about doing crazy stuff on stage. But then they You're realized, right. shit, we got to make good music. So it kind of had the same timeline sort of thing as as that band. Um, those were they were crazier art kids. You yeah, Guar was, but but that whole idea where it's like it starts as a stage gimmick, and then you're like, fuck, we could actually like make music and make this a thing. So. I loved it, dude. You're right, man. I'm really glad that you brought it up to me because I wouldn't have known it existed. Well, we get to thank Stingray for this one because yes. I didn't know it existed. Yes. He, he sent in the group chat. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Stingray. Um, yeah, I loved it, man. And, I, you know, I have to ask. I mean, maybe there's a reunion show down the road. Well, they did sort of tease it a little bit. They're like, the Gil Mantera has not reun- reunited. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, yet. yet. So. 
We will see. It, the thing with that kind of band, though, is like it's a young, it's a young man's game. There are two things about it. It's a young man's game. Yeah. You know, I was I was trying to put myself in their shoes because Donnie was already older at that point too. Yeah. So it's like you have to have the energy. Like that band, you couldn't just like go and play those songs live. You have to do the full shtick. It's got to be the be whole show. Donnie you Gil. might even have to bring like for a reunion show. You might have to bring like dancers up or like right. make it an even bigger than it was type of thing. So there's that. Know? There's the fact that I think I my my sort of. It, impression and they don't talk about specifically but i get the idea that glenn he probably has some like actual career he lives out in la right now he was a smart guy yeah i don't know that he wants the whole world to just like associate him with his dong hanging out on stage (laughs) all the time you know like maybe he's just like leave it in the past i think he might i I think that might be it too and then and then yeah the other thing is like is it even would that music even be viable and would it hit right now like is it even because Mm. it was sort of there, I think there have been a not that there weren't shock rock, jock rock bands sure. before that, but I feel like I don't know this day and age. It's maybe not. I don't know if it would be as impactful. It's not in style, or as in, as in style yeah. as it was either. So it might but, be it might be better if they just sort of leave that in the past. I, I think yeah. I mean I think they're better off leaving it in the past. But you know if they did a tour, people would come. I mean it's, I would be there in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah, or dude. even if they just did a few shows or something. I would know? travel to fucking Ohio to go see them. The, the last thing I'll say is that sure. I think. Part of the magic is that, you know, now the cover has been pulled off. He even says in the beginning, he's yeah. like, what's your name? And he's like, Ultimate Dying. He's like, oh, fuck, I got to give my real name. Uh, yeah, yeah, because nobody and, really knew. And, like, even when we played with them, it's not like they were, like, in character character, but right. they weren't, like, as, you know, they didn't take the mask off entirely. And I feel like part of it is, like, I don't know if it would matter. I don't know if it would be as good if I if now that I know now that they're, that you like, stepbrothers. See how the sausage is made. All that. Exactly. Dude. See how the <laughs> banana hammocks made. <laughs> No, that was a good one, man. I'm I'm very uh, very glad I watched it, and I recommend it to everybody. So, all right, all let's right. get into future. Gear. That was a We've nice one. To, that was a real good one. We've got a couple things to check in on here. Uh, stuff that's I've just like had on this list for fucking weeks now, but we haven't gotten around to. Okay, we've got some new gear that you and I have gotten that we're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, probably don't need to get too deep into all that stuff, but we can talk about sure. it. There are some new pedals and stuff that came out that I just want to touch on. Yeah. The biggest one that we haven't talked about yet is that uh, Jack White came out with mxr with a new collaborative pedal yes and that is the uh what is it called the double down which is essentially two mxr micro amps in one box super cool and stereo yeah so i I, did not listen to sound clips of it i did and so the the thing is like if you if you've used an mxr micro amp or like most boost pedals like you know what this thing does already The the thing that i think is important about this pedal is a that it's stereo and b that i didn't realize how deeply necessary this type of setup was to jack white's rig and and, and specifically the white stripes right because it was like a two-piece band he's got to carry a lot of sound he had to do the bass and he had to do the guitar at the same time and what he would do is he would basically split his signal and then use mxr micro amps to like push the amps right? right and so now he has it all in one box and you can send it in stereo. So basically what he would do is he would send one signal to more of like a guitar amp. And mm-hmm. then he would send one to like a, like a, an Octavy synth amp. And then that was his thing. Now he has this in one box. So uh, he's used it since the white stripes for a decade or more. He's been splitting his guitar signal to two amps. By putting two microamp circuits into one double down enclosure, he has the best of all worlds. Two channels of classic MXR preamp gain. The video that they made. Uh, so Reverb has a, a special edition version of this for mm-hmm. sale. I think the main one is black with yellow writing and yeah, then the reverb the one's yellow with black I, yeah, yeah i believe cool. um and there are different prices which we'll come back to 
Uh, he does a really fucking dope demo of this thing. And on one side, he has um, it's sort of like a, ch- a channel clean. Um, or it's like a clean amp, but then he has a, f- a, a bumble fuzz, which is another one of his signature pedals that yeah. he's made. And then the other side, he uses a triple graph, which we're going to come back to that in a second, which is that pedal that has like three little stutter things built into it that he could like, little telegraph looking totally. you know, Morse code set, set up on there with a flex. And that's how he gets his octave down sound. And so that's like, that's the Jack white sound basically, but now it's available sort of in one box. And I think personally like i could use that you know i've 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 always loved stereo splitting signals doing kind of like a bass on one side guitar i know a lot of people that do that this is not only is this just like it's a signature pedal right but it's also it doesn't force jack white's sound on you it it, it gives you You more options to do something that you you maybe keep your own tones though or create something that you've never even seen or heard before yeah i dig and i'm all about that so they're for sale now um i think they're going to be popular there's a reverb exclusive limited uh, limited edition yellow variant. I want you. To, do you know the prices? I I remember there was a big difference in yes, the prices. There's a big difference. Yeah, like the uh, the original. I want to say it was like 150 maybe. Okay, so the original is 170. Okay, and then the other one was like almost twice the price. 242. So not quite twice. Well, not but too bad. But yeah, that's a lot of money, dude. For just a different paint? just a different color. Yeah, no. it's limited edition, and I know cool. that people collect, people collect Jack stuff. White stuff for sure. Sure, sure, sure. That's Did you I like mean, autograph him or anything? I don't think so, dog. <laughs> okay. I was really I at first I thought it was a typo and then I went yeah. and like, looked at listings and no, that's just like what they call it. Yeah, because generally when you see, you know, I mean I guess it's limited, so whatever, but like when you see pedals with different colorways, you're like, oh, they're a few bucks different. One sixty nine, one ninety nine. Yeah, been, exactly. Thirty guess. bucks. Even thirty bucks is like kind of a lot. Almost a hundred dollars more. That's yeah, that's a that's a big jump. So I guess if you're a big old if you're a Oh, 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 I don't even. I can't even think of a good like if you're a, a whitehead. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Go get that. Um, now I wanted to mention this also because that we mentioned the triple graph. That's part of the thing that he uses. The that that that, that more yeah, code. Yeah, that's cool. Just this week, Copper Sound Pedals, who makes that, ha- is back with a redux of the of the Telegraph. It's called the Telegraph V2, hmm. and they've actually added a bunch of stuff that I've always wanted. Nice timing. Well, it might even be planned. Mm-mm. First of all, that pedal was always designed, and, and you know, this might be a good time to talk about the vertical pedal board that Stingray is working That's on. That's cool, man. The, this this original Telegraph was designed to be used with your hand, like you would use like a Morse code sort of thing. This new Telegraph V2 now is built so that you can also use it with your foot, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of a miss originally. Like that, it's the sort of thing you probably want to do with your foot more often than your hand because frankly you're playing guitar that requires two hands how do you what, what do you got a third what hand? are you gonna do what are you gonna do now you can use your foot or your wiener if you want to <laughs> third hand the v2 has a brand new active circuit so basically one of the other problems with it before was the way that like it was it's almost sort of like a wah pedal you know where it's like you got to turn it on and then no matter what you're gonna like always be at the treble end right no matter what you do yeah this you can kind of set it up so that it's like it's not as you can you have more flexibility with what happens when you initiate the effect, right, which is right. a big deal. Uh, it has uh, th- it has three modes. It has a classic kill and activate mode. So it's like kill the sound or activate the sound. You know, basically they're inverses of one another. If you press the button, it either turns it on or turns it off. Sure. But it also has this burst mode, which is an automatic tremolo like stutter knob adjustable from 110 BPM to a super fast rate. So oh, it's cool. almost like a kind of like a crazy tremolo sort of deal. That's which cool. is Which is great. Yeah, I dig that. It's also, you can actually latch the effect. So rather than before where you had to sort of like actuate it every time you wanted to use it, either on or off, you can actually latch it and it'll just like turn it up, keep it mm-hmm. on or off, which I, th- which I think is very smart. Um, 
feature. It also has uh, a polarity toggle, so you can change the possibilities within burst mode. It also has uh, the ability to use an expression pedal, which is very cool. And it can be synced to a CV clock source, too. Ooh. So you can now integrate it with the rest of, say, you've got yourself a modular synth rig and you're using a bunch of control voltage. Sure. Maybe you've got yourself a vertical pedal board that we keep hinting that might exist. <laughs> Now you can integrate that totally. Very cool. Uh, super crucial feature, especially if you're, again, you're playing with other people. You've got to lock BPM to a drummer yeah. or a drum machine or something like that. You can now integrate this completely into that. That's setup. cool, man. I dig that. Interestingly, this is now for sale. There's the, the regular price, but it's already on sale. And I don't feel like you see that very often with a new product. Is it like a pre-order thing? No, it's it's available. Hmm. And so you can buy it right now. Um, the I'm just going to tell you because it, there's no way you're going to be able to guess. Normal price two forty nine, which I think is reasonable. It's it's like it you know it's shit. got a lot of extra me- mechanical stuff going yeah, on parts it's that not just a simple aren't. pedal. No, not at all. Yeah. But it's on sale for two hundred eleven dollars. You can get it right now. Two hundred is a good deal. I think it is too. It's yeah. like almost like do I want one uh, range? Yes. Two fifty is sort of like. I want it, but I mean, I don't know. Two eleven. I'm so. Like, Are they just oh, selling it through their website, or is it on it's sale? On, it's on Reverb, a uh, bunch of Reverb different sellers. And yeah, and I don't even think it's. I don't even know if it's direct. I can't remember if Copper Sound sells it direct or not, or if it's just yeah, a retailer. just distributors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. So, a couple Jack White pedals that I want to talk about right there, and then finally, as long as we're talking about weird pedals, you sent me this one. Yeah. And this is the Ranger FX Break Box. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this one. Well, let me tell you, Dave. You sent it to me. I did. And I, my initial gut reaction was no. one of loathing. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. DJ Lethal. Right. So my thought was, who the fuck needs this other than DJ Lethal? Let me tell you what it is, folks. The brake box, it's a distortion pedal. It comes in a cute pink enclosure, which I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know Ranger effects, you know they don't make just like tube screamers. Yeah, they don't make normal shit. No. No. They make that pedal where you, you put liquid in it and it sounds different. Yes, that's They've right. They've got the I forgot about that the thing. like Igor thing where it's like a fuzz, but then it has like a little f- touch sensor that mm-hmm. changes the sound. They do they do wacky, cool, interesting stuff. Yeah. So it's a distortion pedal. It's an active sustain pedal, and a record scratch trigger. That's the part I really stood out to me. So. Uh, it's what they call the original uh, L Distorto overdrive circuit. Then they've added basically the back half of a tone bender to this to, mm-hmm. to sort of change the sound. It's a pretty ripping, uh, thick, doomy-ish fuzz. You can dial it back. Yeah, but. the the demo I saw, or like I didn't watch the whole thing, yeah. but some of the clips I skipped around. It was a. Uh, it was it was heavy sound. It's a heavy fuzz. They were using it with that bass six at one point. Dude, that's I was I'm glad you so mentioned sick, that that square bass six. Yeah. It sounded really good, and I it was did. like, do I want that bass six? Yes, you do. Uh, it has a built-in gate. So I think that you know you kind of want that in a in a pedal like this, which is interesting. Now, two two things that are weird about this pedal. About one second after you initially play a note, after the initial attack, a chorus effect fades in, mm. which adds a wideness or sort of space to the distortion. Um, and, and you can adjust it. It's got a, a adjustable speed, so you can go from that like slow churning chorus thing yeah. to like a wobbly fast kind of c6 sort of deal <coughs> and you can add that into the main sound which then adds sustain which is a pretty unique thing like i don't know of yeah. another pedal that just like of course there are combination distortion chorus pedals and such sure but not one that waits to swell the effect in until after you've already hit the attack on the note yeah and then does different weird stuff that's very it. cool now we've we've got to come back to the dj lethal pedal. yeah so it's got like a record on it 
It's got so it's it's got a normal foot switch, sort of normal looking foot switch, like up higher on the pedal. It has like circular, and then on the bottom, it's got this like weird circle pad. Yeah, and they call it the turntable pad. There you go. And it, I mean, it literally sounds like a record scratch. Yeah, which I mean, for like new metal bands, who, why, like who, what. Why? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't what, know the practical application. That the thing be. is, it's like it's such a one-trick pony. That part of it, yeah, that's just like and almost how you don't often need can that. you get away with that. Well, and it's also like the pedal's cool enough on its own. You don't need unless you combine it with the sounds that you're making from the from the other features on the pedal. Yeah, and then use that. I don't know how you would. The, I don't know. It's because I agree. I the more that I listened to it, and the more that I thought about it, I was like, okay, this is a unique thing. Like yeah. I like. I, I we know how much I hate chorus pedals, but I actually like this sort of implementation of the effect we know how much you hate scratching vinyl even i more. fucking hate scratching <laughs> vinyl sound <laughs> and and you can adjust the like uh the, the speed of it yeah <laughs> you can make it sound faster or slower it also and i think that this is smart it has a basically like a humanization built in so that even on the same setting it's going to sound a little different every time because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just like as cheesy and lame as it gets to make it yeah, sound less sample like and sample. more human yeah I just can't imagine other than like if you're in a joke band and you do like have a joke song where you need to like hit a record scratch yeah. and you don't have a fucking DJ or with a sampler. What if you're like a 311 cover band without a DJ or something? Oof. Like oh God. Just just quit. <laughs> Your favorite. Just quit. Just burn it all. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get well, it. Well, that was kind of the thing I thought was interesting about the pedal because the it, it doesn't need the like the turntable effect. Like it's a cool pedal on yes. its own. It does some really interesting stuff. Sell sell that pedal without the turntable for less money, and I yeah. and I would consider getting it. Plus, I wonder how like long that turntable thing's. I mean, I'm not dogging on Rangers, you know, quality control or anything like that. Oh, the pedal, the switch. You think itself? that it just seems like it would break eventually or something? I don't. I don't know. know. But again, another another candidate. If you are a tabletop pedal user and you and you need a and you need a vertical pedal board, our buddy Stingray's making them. But uh, this could go on there. That would, because I would control it with my hand. Then you can, you can do it with yeah. your foot too. That's yeah, sort of how it's, you it's know. made for that. But yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I would have to sit and play with it because the demo was cool. Because the guy obviously has like uh, <laughs> the guy obviously like knew what he was doing. I want to sit and like really mess with it and be like, okay, what can I do with this that's gonna adhere to my playing style? I don't, I don't think know. there's anything honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched the whole like ten minute de- demo or whatever, and like I said, the it sounds the good. distortion and like even that chorus part, mm-hmm. I'm on board with that yeah but which is a that's a tough sell for you you're man. telling me yeah but the freaking record scratch I was just yeah it's like, wacky what, what the fuck but you know we are the gear buds and we always i i do appreciate people that think outside the box this yes, is definitely exactly. an outside of the box pedal for that's sure. why we're talking about in future yeah, gear exactly so and you, and you that's when you sent to me you're like this is future gear oh like, yeah you're right it's quintessential gear i don't buds. like it what no. is future gear you don't have to like them all it's 239 in case you're wondering i'm sure you saw the price already um not bad for, yeah. for a pedal that has a bunch of different if it didn't have the turntable it could be like 200 bucks or something or less, or less. frankly yeah uh okay we've been jibber jabbering for a real long mm-hmm. time already but there are a couple of things that we haven't talked about because you and i have gotten some new gear recently and yeah. i just want to touch on it sure you got can... a new guitar i did i bought a um a little parlor guitar well, what did you get uh so it's a gretch it's a newer model i think they started making them in 2020 it's i bought got, it. it's got a cute name too i bought it used it's the gin ricky the gin, which is one of my go-to drinks i gotta say really yeah I'll, I'll i can't say i've ricky. ever had one but uh it's like a gin and tonic with one other thing in it i don't remember what um it is. so it's uh it's x-braced which yep. I found out. Yep. Uh, it's got a walnut um, fretboard, walnut bridge, and a walnut nut, I believe, as well. I believe it's... Well, so it's a solid top, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's laminated back it's inside. It's basswood. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's basswood 
body it's right. good um but it's got a good neck um i, I like that it's cross braced because my lgo is ladder braced yep. and you can definitely hear this it's got it's it's got a pretty loud sound i will say this um, my favorite feature is it has a built-in pickup which is a cool looking pickup, and it's too. a big honking almost looks like a harmonica <laughs> in the sound hole and it's 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 made to be i mean it's decorated it's got a little bit totally. of like an ivory kind of thing going on and or mother of toilet seat or whatever but it's it's cool it's a big reflective and um, no tone control or volume control, which is one thing that I was like, that would be cool if it just had a little like yep. tone wheel or even like a little volume. Well, control. so that means it doesn't have a preamp either. So that means if you if you don't have like a guitar amp, you want to run that into a PA, you need to have like a DI yeah. or, or some sort of right. like and that LR bags box. Up in right the application there. that I will be using it, because I'm going to be playing some songs for a wedding next year. And I might even end up with another guitar by then. Let's be honest, guys. We are gear buds. We are, but if it, you know, in the application that I would use this, I would just bring a small amp. Is yeah, essentially what I totally. would do. And then I can dial in all my EQ and stuff, um, which is way easier than trying to try to mic stuff or run through a PA and all mm-hmm. this stuff. So I really like it. The finish is awesome. It's got like a smoke black, like a matte black finish, mm-hmm. which I've definitely already got my greasy paws all over Obviously. it, um, which is going to happen with that stuff. But yeah, man, I actually, I think it was just the other night like two or three nights ago. I've been playing it a little bit, but I've just kind of been busy too and I haven't really sat down with it. I've definitely run it through some pedals, run it through the amp. It sounds huge through mm-hmm. the pickup. Very boomy. Um, but the other night, I just went off. I played it for like two straight hours probably. Dude, that makes like me happy. That. Yeah, I was having a few beers. How, just, how does it feel How does it feel to play? I feel like I've really broken it in. It came like pretty much brand new. So mm-hmm. it came with like, dude, I hate new acoustic strings. Like it just, the feel is oh, just I so love, teeny. I love new acoustic strings. Oh, I gotta have them broken in a little. So I finally got over that hump yeah. where they don't sound as sparkly as they did. Sure. Which, I, which for this guitar, it suits it better, I think, because it's a smaller body guitar. A deader sound is kind of going to fit with this guitar more than like something that's going to be try to be like overly trebly or overly mm-hmm. bright, in my opinion. Um, but again, love the pickup. I've had a lot of fun running it through pedals. You let me borrow that DoD. Oh, the uh, flanger. That's right. I ran it through the flanger. It's got a crazy like, hey, you're a 90 sound to it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I definitely want a flanger pedal now. But yeah, man, I'm, that's pretty much my wrap up. I would I would say it's. Oh, by the way, the price. Dude, yeah, it was it's like, like two hundred bucks. Two hundred dollars. Yeah. Um. Well, I got it used, but I think new. They're like two eighty nine. I would. I would spend two hundred fifty dollars on this guitar. Dude, I mean, two fifty for a guitar is not a lot of money. It's got a functioning truss rod, and it's got a pickup, and it's got a pickup. They make a non pickup version. I forget the name of it. Um. But it's the exact same guitar without the pickup, and you can get those for like one seventy five. Maybe even cheaper, maybe like one fifty. So is it? I'm guessing probably more suited to like finger style, sort of finger picky type stuff. Yeah, because guitars that size don't usually they'll kind of like implode on themselves a little bit when you yeah. try to play so, them too hard. So it so my LGO, if I play that thing too hard, you get the wolf tones yeah. coming out, and it just kind of sounds like the the sound hole can't keep up with like the amount of air coming right. out of it. This doesn't really have that as much, and I think it. I wonder if it's because of the cross brace, sure. maybe. Um, so I'm very impressed with when I first got it and started playing, I was like, eh, this feels kind of cheap and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, but it, I liked the pickup sound and then I just played the shit out of it the other night. Cause I'm like, I got to play it over the hump. We got to see if we like really want to keep if this. If you're going to keep it or get rid of it. And I'm going to keep it for a bit. Yeah. I like it, man. And you know what? I feel like it's a handsome guitar. You could leave that out on a stand. looks really nice by the room. Christmas tree. Dude. Exactly. Yeah. It's festive. Hint, hint. Might have some uh, album artwork coming up. Oh, so maybe. I like the, I like we'll the sound see. of that. Of course it'll be Christmas will be over by the time. That's okay. Just the, just yeah, by a day a little holiday picture. Um, but yeah, now you got some new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a new pedal. Uh, it is the Bogner Harlow. It came v- V2. It finally came. I, it, so they're normally I can't. They're kind of expensive. I think they're normally around like two hundred bucks. And for some reason, Sweetwater was blowing them out. And I look. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't like the idea of buying from Sweetwater sure. because once you do. They don't leave you. Oh, dude, my boy Logan alone. will just not stop. Calling I've me. gotten. He calls me. 
I've gotten, I'm not, I don't know, at least a half a dozen phone calls about this. Text messages, not just like automated, your order is out for delivery. Like, hey, this is yeah. bing bong from Well, they try to upsell you on other stuff. Do you need anything for recording? Do you need this and that? Like, and yeah. so I, again, I was hesitant to I appreciate do it, but the, the, hustle, the deal was like, I don't remember. It was like I think they 80, were half off. 80, it was less. It was like eighty bucks yeah. or something like that. I, I was think just like, I might have sent you that deal. I think you might have too. And I just was like, holy and shit! Because I'm, I'm like, I know you this. don't like Sweetwater, but yeah. this is really cheap. I've always wanted that pedal. So this is V2. the The original one, I guess, people had some issues with. Um, there were some some issues with the actual foot switch that were kind of jank. The interesting thing about this pedal, so it's a boost by definition, but it's it has what's called bloom. It's got a bloom knob, and that's and it's, an, and it's a compressor, and so it's a single knob compressor that just sort of, oh man, I don't know how to describe it. It's when I first plugged it in, I was like, I don't need this pedal. I have so I have so many boosts and distortions. What? Why did I get this? But then I I kept playing it, and, and you know what I did? I was playing it, and then I turned it off, and I and I and I hated my sound without it on. It's mm. one of those pedals that's like... Is it an always pedal? It might be an always on kind of thing. Yeah. Like a little more subtle just to like kind of grab the notes and then add this bloom thing. The thing about it is that so um, th- it has a transformer built into it, which most pedals don't have an actual transformer. Right. And, you know, th- and so it gives it more of like a quote unquote console, like studio desk oh, yeah, sound man. to it. Right. But I'll tell you what, man, it's a, it's an actual Neve transformer. And so that was one of the things That's people weren't cool. sure about because the original V1 had a Rupert Neve transformer mm-hmm. in there. And then so people all assumed because they kind of removed the branding. Right. And so I actually cracked that bad boy open. And guess you what? You took a look for yourself. It's still there. Oh, it's got a nice. Neve transformer inside there. So nice. Rupert Neve designs transformer inside. Um, yeah, it's it's on my board. I, it's It has made it onto my board. It's 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 just one of those things where it's like, you miss it when it's not there. Once you get used yeah. to it, and it, it adds this liveliness, and it kind of makes you play a little better because it's yeah. just like grabbing the notes and squeezing things just a little bit. The I noticed that the bloom control, so it's got volume, tone, and bloom. So you can go like bright to dark, and you know how much boost that you want to get. I have very little boost, just a little bit extra. The bloom control, I I really need to kind of understand it a little bit better mm. because I feel like I can't imagine ever using it beyond half. Like okay. it starts to do like too much compression. Sure. But sure. for me, the sweet spots maybe like you know, 10, 11 o'clock. Sure. Not like too much, but enough right. that it's just it's kind of massaging your sound a little bit. And I could definitely this would be if you don't use it as an, as an always on thing, it would be a super sick lead boost pedal. Right. I was gonna say for solos. For solos, yeah. because it just it just kind of makes you sound you better. Yeah. You know, it wow. doesn't like change the sound. It just mm-hmm. kind of like it really woke my VT40 up. Like I was playing ah, I was yes. playing that and I had a little bit of gain on it or whatever. It was kind of clean and then I kicked that on and it just like it gives it that like clean sustain thing that mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are always looking for and it's kind of hard to achieve. Sure. And uh I'm I'm super stoked. The other thing that I noticed about it, which I didn't know, it's got like a, it doesn't just have your standard little 3.5 millimeter LED light on there. It's got like kind of a wide circle LED. Yeah. Cool. When it's on, uh, a red light turns on. It's like a big amp jewel sort of looking deal. But when it's, when the bloom control is kicking in, a blue light kicks on on top of it. So you can oh, nice. see how much it's actually compressing your yeah. signal while you're doing it. It's like it. actively it's flashing. It's actively flashing. Oh, cool. And it's not too, it's not like obnoxious or anything, yeah. which could definitely be the sort of thing that would bother me i it's actually really nice to see how hard it's working yeah and and i'm dude i'm impressed i cannot believe that they're blowing these things out for so cheap i don't yeah, understand I don't, why i wonder if they still was that a black friday thing 
No, you got it way before that, didn't you? Well, that was the thing. Is so I, you got back ordered. Right? I got back ordered horde. Yeah. And then we it, both got kind of fucked with the shipping on I know. items, didn't we? Seriously. And it took yeah, it took quite a while for it to come, but once it did, I immediately popped it open. Like I said, I've you know, I've been sick for the past couple weeks, so I haven't really yeah. played it basically at all since then. But uh before it was like right before I got sick, I got it and I'm I'm loving it. It's got it doesn't even it's like it's got like nice metal knobs like everything about it's it it's a, it's a it's a it's, it's a different box it. like it's not it's not just like a hammond enclosure right. it's it's all, everything about it yeah it's the enclosure a little bit smaller it's got top mounted or yeah i think it's top mounted jacks like it's got all the stuff that i want yeah basically in a pedal it's it's probably i think it's gonna stay on my board honestly nice dude yeah well, let me ask you this i mean I, you know i got a good deal on my item too do you think you would have paid full price for it that's a great question. I've been very close to buying the original. However, they're like five hundred dollars now. Whoa! Yeah, they're the, because a couple like Tosin Abasi uses one. There are okay. a couple people who like swear by this yeah. effect, kind of always on sort of so thing. They drove the market, and so I was nervous that I was going to get it, and then I knew that I'd be able to get my money back right because I paid such a small amount for sure. it and it was brand new. But I was like, oh, I might just like not like this. You might just I might, it might be shitty now because yeah. they changed it, but they actually improved the things that which people they, didn't which like can happen it. right in a v2 sometimes they use cheaper oh, yeah. components and stuff that's why i was nervous immediately i cracked it open to see it does it still have a trans because there wasn't ver- there's like very little information you can't really f- see it find it on their website on the forums yeah they don't like advertise it they which don't you think that would be a feature of it It was of the first one they mm. even put rupert neve designs on the front of the pedal so of the interesting first one. yeah but this one it still has it so i don't know why you got to cut it open make sure it's not fake inside <laughs> Dude, it's a paper and oil trans- yeah, transistor trans- or, uh, transformer, I should say. Yeah. Uh, dude, I don't know. But I, I am very pleasantly surprised. To answer your question, would I have paid full price? Probably not. Because they're like I, 200 I think. Yeah. Do yeah. I pay full price for anything? No. No. Uh, that, now that I know how cool it is, I would recommend anyone that's Yeah, I guess that's what it. I'm asking. Yeah. Like, now that you know what it sounds like firsthand. Yes. Is, and, it, is it worth it? And the price? that I know that it has that the Rupert Neve yeah. transformer inside it because that is a big selling point. I mean, that is part of the reason that I think they can get away with charging two hundred bucks for it because it has a very expensive custom component inside yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I love it. I I'm super down with it. If you can get your hands on a Bogner Harlow V2, I highly recommend it. Nice, dude. Do I recommend paying five hundred for the first one? Nah, probably yeah. not. I mean, that's that's a lot of money unless you need that sound. But I especially if you're already, I don't know what it's like with solid state stuff. I've only used it into tube amps, right? But I think it really it just adds that sort of like glassy, compressy, bloomy thing that yeah, like we all we all kind of want. Yeah, that's a good review, man. Yeah, I yeah. dig it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's staying on the board, and it's a handsome pedal. It's a very, it's a nice, it's a nice blue. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I when I saw, it, I was like, this seems cheap. Because whenever I yeah. see, I mean, a good deal of anything, what's wrong? Yeah, you're like you're half off. Like what? Like that warm it audio stuff. It was more stuff. than half off, dude. That's, right. That's fucking wild. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but like that warm audio stuff too. They're blowing out a bunch of pedals. Yes. The phaser, and I think even the foxy. Are they? They're like half off. Like the phaser is still like ninety nine dollars. Dude, I still haven't been able to get that fuzz to work. I think that, I think it's fucked up. Oh no. I don't know. Yeah. I might have to crack her open. Yeah, What's I don't know feeling? what the deal is. It, the light still the light still turns on. Does it open normally with all the um <laughs> fuzz that's on it? Yeah, the, so it's got it actually has feet. Okay. Uh, it's like screw feet. You can so take you, those yeah, off. You can take those off. That's cool. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. That'd suck if you had to like cut into it or something. Like, that would be a paper. deal breaker. Yeah, they wouldn't do that. You have to be able to open it. Yeah, because I mean they had to assemble it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But yeah, new pedals, new pedal day, dude. New we guitar, got some new, new gear. I mean, you've got something that's just getting shipped. We'll, today. Do we'll a, talk we'll about do, it next week. Yeah, it's at home. We'll do a little review next week about that. We'll, um, up, we'll update on last week's belly. Again. I will say this too because I forgot to mention. Um, yeah, I had a fun shipping uh, ordeal with that Gretsch guitar, which I thought was very annoying. So this is just a pro tip for people. Mm-hmm. 
if some if you sell something, don't take it to a guitar store to have them ship it for you. Because that's what happened with me. Yeah, take it to a fucking shipping store. I bought it. I paid immediately on like a Wednesday afternoon and it didn't ship for like over a week. And then I messaged the guy. I never got tracking or nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I dropped it off at my buddy's guitar store. They're going to ship it for me. Sometimes they get busy, though, and stuff gets moved to the bottom of the line. I'm like, dude, this is your responsibility exactly. to ship this thing, man. Like, I don't care whose buddy it is or how much money you're making on the on the back end or whatever it is. But like, what the fuck? You know, so that's. Shitty pro tip, man. Like, definitely... Just ship immediately. Ship your own stuff. Ship your own stuff. Please ship something within 24 hours. If you're going to sell something, be able to ship it. Dude, when I was selling stuff, I would take all the pictures, weigh everything. I would have it boxed up and ready to go before... Basically, before the listing. See, I don't box only because... If you have to take more photos or something. No, if I sell locally. Oh, that's a good then point. I just yeah. then wasted a box. That's a but, good point. It, but if it's a guitar and I and I have it available to sh- to ship online, then I have a guitar box waiting for. Well, me. we were talking about this. Like, I get anxiety if something doesn't ship right. Exactly. Away. And I'll get more into this with the the bass. Yeah, next we'll talk week about it too next week. because uh, we'll get a review and decide if it's, yeah. if it was worth it or not. So. Was a keeper or not? Yeah, we'll see. You know, it was a keeper. This episode, this freaking episode. This is a beefer, man. They they have they have been the beefiest of the beef. Lately. We just have lots to talk about these days. We do. We're getting this thing down to a science. And I'm glad you're feeling better, buddy. Man, you look thanks, better. Man. You sound better. So hopefully you can uh, you can carry on through the holidays feeling feeling okay. Yeah, you know, assuming uh, there's no other major uh, weather tragedies that happen in between now and this weekend. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to get to see my family. So I'm ex- very excited nice. about that because we did not get to do that last year. Awesome, dude. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, to, I know that this is after Christmas, yes. but uh, I hope that everyone listening to this had a great holiday, whatever yep. you celebrate, however you celebrate. Sure. Uh, this will be before New Year's. So I think this will probably, yeah, yeah I, I don't think we'll have another, another episode won't come out until after New Year's, right? So yeah, uh, happy, happy 2022 happy yeah. into 2023. Exactly. May all of your tidings be warm. Be safe. Be safe. Uh, yeah, don't do stupid shit this is a great episode to listen to if you're hungover you know stuff like this is that. a perfect hangover episode <laughs> i think <laughs> so. but which one is it i know well folks we love you we love, love you. you dave love you buddy thanks for making it this far with us and if you did make it to the end of this episode why don't you go make some music <laughs>